I want to welcome everybody to Life Unedited Working Women. My special guest today is Meg Heim. Hi, Meg. Hey, how are you? I'm so excited to talk with Meg today. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her because she is amazing. She founded and is president of Heim Global Consulting, and she provides leadership consulting in venture capital and the biotech space, as well as extensive domestic and international consulting in support of pharmaceutical, medical device, and health technology markets. She also sits on the board of the Helios Corporation, which is based in Switzerland. She has done so many amazing things. And I'm not going to tell you more because we're going to talk about all the things that she did. I don't remember if I introduced myself. I'm Elisa McCabe. I'm the owner at First Steps Financial. And each week we talk and laugh with amazing women who are telling us about all their adventures and the things they've done. And they inspire us in everything they do. If you haven't joined us before, welcome, and thanks to all who are returning for another episode. This conversation is recorded as a live webinar, so if you're here joining us on Zoom, feel free to put your comments in the chat, and we will get to you. If you are just watching us as a recording, like us on Facebook, and make sure you spread the word. So, Meg, I the one thing that always totally shocked me and surprised me about you is that you chose a career path in nursing and ended up as a CEO of a global pharmaceutical. That Those seem on different trajectories. So I was in the CMO office. I was not the CEO. I'm CEO oh, I'm of my so- company, but I was in the CMO office as a global vice president over all companies of program management, operations, transparency. But yes, I'm a nurse. And although it doesn't seem like the perfect trajectory, it actually has been extremely helpful through my entire career because I've always worked on behalf of patients. And so I don't think there's anybody closer to patients than nurses. And it was hard. It was hard to switch away from being a nurse and going into a startup company where we provided educational programs to activate consumers for good health in medical marketing. And I was recruited. I'd worked on some projects at the hospital and some home care. But I always loved innovation and change. Mm. So if there was anything that was available to learn, to take a course, an opportunity, put my hand up. And I continue to put my hand up. It's your lifelong I'm still learning. Yeah. That is really the key to a lot of people's success we've seen is those who continue to get themselves out of that comfort zone. So, okay. So you started off in nursing and then you transitioned to corporate Mm -hmm. and what made you decide to be an entrepreneur? You know, I think different opportunities present themselves. Mm -hmm. Many people don't, you know, they don't have the luxury or they're fearful that their lifestyle is going to be impacted or they're not going to make enough money or, you know, you know, I had a two-year-old when I went into sales and they said, you're going to have to travel one night a month. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how can I do this? I'm going to be away overnight. But later in my career, I was three weeks a month out of the country, right? So that's not the ideal. 
But I also had an honest conversation with my husband and said, we're going to give this a shot. He recognized that I had personal, professional goals and objectives that I wanted to meet and that I thought I was pretty good at it. And once I got over the fact that I wouldn't be treating an individual patient, but being able to make impact across the healthcare system, then it was okay. Wow. That's incredible. What a, an interesting thought that you're not just treating one person, you're going to change a whole. Healthcare. Yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that you understood that you had personal goals and you were able to express them to your husband and he understood them and supported well, you. You know, it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a different part of my career than I was then. Mm-hmm. And at that time, 25 years ago, women in the workforce were working for sometimes other women that, you know, came in at a different time or moms or parents or whatever. So it's not the norm that you're going to go on the road, right? Mm-hmm. And are you comfortable traveling by yourself, having dinners with people that you've just met? And how do you maintain that sense of self? And, you know, all during that time, I spoke to a lot of students, I taught at medical school, really about, you know, the question is, well, hey, you've done this, you know, you're running a mid-device health IT company, you're an executive, you know, how do you do this? And it's, you know, I'm like, well, we have three kids. And, you know, I was the early adopter of ordering groceries online. You figure it out and you get as much help as you can. Mm-hmm. You leave your guilt at the door because it only draws away from anything positive you can bring to the table personally and professionally and make sure it's what you want. And can you have it all? Sure. But you may not be able to have it all at the same time. <laughs> I love that. And I am a big believer in that too. You can have it all, but not all at the same time. So about a year ago, you decided to start your own company. I did. And so after 12 years in the pharmaceutical industry, everything from head of global external affairs over advocacy policy, government affairs, and Ab- Sanofi Pharmaceuticals, and then North America capabilities and the CMO office, you know, with any of these large companies, there is always change. And that's the only thing you can plan for is that whatever you know will change again. And so I had the opportunity to transition roles and to finally sit and look and say, what do I want to do? Nice. And I decided after you know talking to a lot of people, this culmination of my career and experiences is a business. And it's a consulting business. And so that's why I'm vast in my consulting work because it's in three segments. And, you know, there's been so many pleasant surprises in looking at things I couldn't do when I worked in a large pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. I can advise VC firms, small companies coming to market. Very exciting to see some of the new innovation and technology. Yeah. And you can um, pick and choose what projects you want to work on. Whereas in corporate, you don't get to pick. You do not. Hopefully you find yourself in a good space with good leadership Mm -hmm. and, you know, teams that are open to innovation. Mm -hmm. And then when that happens, then no matter where you are, really doesn't matter because you're going to find something to advance whatever you're doing. Yeah. 
So who or what, you know, person or event, what shaped your thoughts about women in the workplace? I mean, you went from doing something that was a very common female, you know, role being a nurse to being something that I'm sure you were a unicorn where you were. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I didn't have a path like many of the people I talk to now, students that know they want to be X in their life. And I talked to somebody, I like science and math. And a friend of mine said, you should take the class or the exam to get into nursing school. It was like in two days. So (laughs) when I got the book, I took it and I got in. However, I have a love of learning and I didn't really have a career path. But what I did was I recognized opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so as you can tell, I like to talk to people and figure out what they do Mm. and put together the pieces of where can we support each other? Mm. Where does that connect? Mm -hmm. I'll give an example. We I had a friend who worked at a company and I was running a small med device health IT company in Minnesota. And they said, well, we have this new product. And I said, well, we're using that with all our computers. And they said, well, maybe we can work together and see how it works out in healthcare. And that became the Microsoft Cloud. It was Azure. We got to work with their engineers. We were one of the first 40 EMRs certified in the US. And so sometimes it seems like extra work Mm -hmm. to get on a call when you're busy or to mentor somebody or somebody who's looking for a new job. You never know what you're going to learn on those calls. Mm, So take the chance. Take the chance. And put yourself out there. I know you are a big connector and you definitely support so many people. So, you know, what other, how can we support women in a work environment? Do you have any ideas? You've led teams. Is there you know, what ways have you used that have been successful to support women in the work environment? First, recognize your own limitations Mm -hmm. and mistakes you've made and get training and learn to be a better leader. But when you have the opportunity and you can lead from wherever you are, so don't wait to have people reporting to you, get your leadership now. Before, so I agree with that so much in that, So many people I know have done like Landmark and they've done a lot of these leadership courses before they're in leadership positions. Yeah, it's a little late. It's late to have a leadership mindset. And you really do need that leadership mindset as you're coming up in your career because you have the most control over your career at the beginning Mm -hmm. because you get up every day and decide if you want to work or not Mm -hmm. and how much you want to put into it. By the time you're managing teams, You have to inspire people to follow. Mm. And so that's a much different thing. With women in the workforce, I'll be honest, things have changed over the years. There is more opportunity. I would say be the example. Like, Mm. don't be the person that misses all your kids' events. I've said it before when I was younger in my career. I don't know what job or meeting it was, but I can tell you what I missed with my son. Okay, Still don't know what the meeting was. Look for replicable skill sets. Women are particularly good about promoting themselves. And I'll be honest, I can promote any other women. It's always harder with yourself. Isn't it? So yeah. And so look for those replicable skill sets and help them amplify them. Mm -hmm. And then really look at and 
recognize and embrace generational diversity. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't think because somebody is five years in their career or 10 years in their career that their comments and their insights aren't as valuable as somebody with 30 years because everybody brings something special to the party Mm -hmm. and you have to start promoting that equity. I definitely see that on my team. I have an age range and some people have been in counting shorter amount of time and some have been in longer and they bring different things to the table and you have to be open to it because even some people that have been in accounting for a long time, you might, people have been in accounting for a long time. They sometimes consider them a bit stale, but there's also some really deep knowledge that Mm -hmm. is very useful. Absolutely. And it's been tried and true things that they've done that really make sense. So I totally agree with you on that one. It's giving weight to all those voices. Yeah. And I mean, let's be realistic. You are there to help support the next wave of leadership. Mm. That's your main role. Yeah. And and so how do you do that by squashing somebody? Yeah. And that looks bad as a leader too. Like that, you just not only put down that poor person or that situation, it just cut off more communication from other people. So yeah, it's trying to explain that. I just, my youngest in the position of leadership running a prom for her school (laughs) and she has been telling people, no, 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 you can't talk about that. And I'm like, no, you actually have to let everybody talk. And it's something, I think it's a learned thing. I think one of the things you want to do is tell people like, you know, especially if they may have opposing opinions Yeah, and allowing them to be heard. You know, I've been fortunate. I've had good mentors. I've had good sponsors, Mm. but more importantly, I've had exceptional teams. Mm. And even when I didn't think I was the best leader, there were always positive things that came out of it. Mm -hmm. You do make an impact, but you get better at it if it's thoughtful. I think many of us have been fortunate enough to have had moms like I did that came before us, worked in a time when, you know, women really weren't going out to work. They were going out for something to do. Your mom worked? My mom worked. My mom was a controller of companies and it was... You know, it was amazing, but she went to work every day. But it wasn't, you know, at that time when people went out to work, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to help support my family or I'm going to change the trajectory of my children. It was, but it did. Mm. That wasn't the intent and it wasn't the need, but it is now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, little things that we heard at the dinner table of, how she presented herself, Hmm. how she handled situations. And she talked to, I think the dinner table is the most amazing place for lessons to be learned because everybody talks at that time. Yeah. Unfortunately, my son learned it at the side seat of the car (laughs) while I'm on a cell phone and there's food being thrown through the window. So I can't say it was that great to be home, you know, having dinner every night. But I think that you don't realize what you're doing, what example you're setting. And, you know, my last team was an amazing group of women and men on my team. And one of the things we did was 
we block three times a week, a couple hours to think. And I said, I don't care where you go, what you do, go to the mall, go to the gym, think. Because people who are high performers, they're the soccer game on their iPad. They're answering email at night. They're traveling. They're, I mean, it was a high performing team, but they would never give themselves the grace to take an hour or two off. So sometimes you just have to say, let me do this. Everybody's like, oh no, we can't do that. I'm like, oh yeah, we can. (laughs) I agree. It's so valuable. Even for my team, I insist that when they take off time, that they're completely off. Yeah. Because you can't, my team also is high performers. They're answering emails. They're checking their emails all the time. They're always making sure things are done. And if you don't step away and take some me time and quiet time, well, if you think about it, when do you get the best ideas? When you're in the shower, because it's quiet. Yeah. I mean, Google did it, right? They have, that's why people had ping pong tables and foosball and all those things to try to break it up, get you up out of your desk chair. I think COVID has accelerated, even though you have a lot of alone time, it doesn't necessarily make you think more because you are trying to interact more Mm -hmm. to be connected. Yeah. So to disconnect is hard. It is. I do. I think disconnecting is harder than connecting because there's so many pulls. There's so much guilt to be connected all the time too. There is, well, there's mom guilt. And I mean, you must have experienced that. You said you started traveling when your son was two. Yeah. And I felt terrible. How did you You know, I read an article, like I do everything I read. And (laughs) it was an article about moms and guilt and how that negative energy actually works against you. It works against your energy, your thought process, you know, the Stephen Covey books about compartmentalizing, Mm -hmm. you know, put this over here. Mm -hmm. It is a thoughtful approach to putting things into a box. And I just gave myself permission that I'm going to do this for so many hours and that I'm going to engage and be the best I can be at this. Mm. You know, some days it worked better than others. Yeah. It's not perfect and it's always evolving. It is. And I think you have to be okay with it. You have to set up whatever it is. Like you said, a few hours doing this and then fully engaged in something else. You just have to be okay with it and figure out what that is and not go by somebody else's schedule, what someone else thinks you should be doing. I think that's where we end up finding that guilt gets deeper or bogs us down because we think we should be doing something instead of what we believe we should do. Not have all the mom shaming that goes on now. And I will tell you that it is unfortunate because women in the workplace, women in your friend groups, in your communities, the healthiest of people are convening around each other mm-hmm. and lifting each other up. And I think that I avoided it at all costs mm-hmm. because people don't understand what you do. No. You know? Why couldn't you stay home and just be a nurse? <laughs> Why do you have to travel? Why do you have to do this? Because, because there's something within me mm-hmm. that I enjoy it. Yeah. And I still enjoy your soul. There is. Yeah. And if you had shut down that side of you and not recognized that 
you needed to do this because it fed who you were? Yes. How good of a mom would you have been? How good of a nurse would you have been? You probably would have been pretty good, but there would always be that part of you that you missed. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a balancing act. It sounds kind of selfish with, you know, even listening to it. But the reality is, you know, I have the fortunate mirror of a 24-year-old son now who can read, you know, who reflects back on going on business trips, things that he missed with me not home and what he won't do in his personal life Mm. as he gets married and moves on and how he manages his work-life balance. You know, I think I got some things right. I think some of it's still a work in progress. Life is always a work in progress, but you did what was right for you. But it sounds like you empowered your son, your youngest, to be able to do what's right for him too. And he's okay. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I think they, you know, I think everybody has to find their passion. Mm -hmm. You're going to work a long time and it can't be a nine to five job. No, I actually, it's funny. I feel sorry for somebody who hates going to work. I love going to work. I know you love what you do. I do. I talked to you the other day and you'd gotten up at four in the morning to do a presentation. (laughs) And I mean, you don't do that kind of stuff if you hate going to work. No, I crashed the hard drive. So I have to rebuild a deck. (laughs) So that sounds like super fun. So do you have any upcoming engagements or anything going on that you want to talk about that? I'm very involved in a couple things. There's only so many things you can do. So you have to find where you can have the most impact. I work with Medical Affairs Professional Society. So I've been working with them and I'll be speaking at their meeting in Paris in May. I'm going to the World Heart Federation meeting. And I'm also an expert patient engagement person as part of WHO. So that'll be in Geneva. That's also in May. And other than that, you know. Other than that, I'm just traveling to Paris to speak in Geneva. That sounds wonderful. Sounds more glamorous than it is, folks. (laughs) But it's, it, listen, I am more fortunate than most that I get to see healthcare on a global level Mm. and have an impact on it. And so I volunteer my time where we can have multiplicity that we share our skills with people who can amplify it. So amazing. Your life's work has been truly amazing. And I can't thank you enough for coming today and telling us about it and really inspiring. And Lisa said, beautiful story. And I'm glad I got to hear it in its entirety because I've you know known little bits and pieces, but knowing the path that you took from starting as a nurse and taking that leap into making a huge change in global healthcare and then turning it into being an entrepreneur. I mean, that's so yeah. scary and risky and, but at the right time in your life and now being able to give back by volunteering your time to help others and those startups that are coming into the marketplace and being able to have your expertise, that is just, it's really powerful. And I hope everybody's inspired as I was. Thank you, Meg, for joining us. And I want to thank our producer, Smart Boss Media. Be sure to check out their webpage at smartboss.media. Be sure to check out their site and leave any comments. We read them and we can address them. And thanks for everybody who's listening, our group of dedicated listeners and showing up every week. 
And if you haven't already, register for the live webinar and spend your lunch break with us every Thursday. Just letting everybody know, looking ahead next for the next two weeks, we are going to take a brief break from the live interviews, but watch this space because we are going to be sharing content here on Zoom and Facebook Live on Thursday at noon. And then when we get back on Thursday, April 28th, I am so excited to talk to our guest, Nicole Rose. She is coming to us from Australia. She's a lawyer and a compliance specialist. And she's also the co-host of a podcast called The Eight Mindsets. And she is also a doodler. When her and I actually spoke, she doodled me while we were talking and then sent me the picture. I laughed so hard. She is really, really herself. And she is all about bringing herself to her compliance and to being a lawyer and to everything she does. So Sherry said, I love you, Meg. You're an amazing mentor. Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was great seeing you. Thanks for listening to Life Unedited, Working Women, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to, like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.